This is the websites.ca podcast where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Hello everybody, Sean Corbett again, websites.ca marketing, and I'm joined by our dear old friend, Mr. Ryan Demeray is back. <laughs> he's back. How long has he's, it been, Ryan? He's back, baby. Uh, <laughs> Sean, it has been a hot minute. Yeah. It's the last time we had a chance to sit down and chat. I'd say, ooh, at least six months. Oh, at least. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've been yeah. busy and, and that's that's fair. I can't uh, pull you off the front lines whenever I feel like it. But um, I was thinking, how do I, because people haven't heard Ryan for a while. How do I announce him? Is he the GM? Is he the head of sales? Is he, is he the king of websites.ca? How are you announcing yourself these days? The king of comfort. Um, no, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I mean, I wear so many different hats uh, with the organization. Um, it's that's that's a very good question. I announce myself differently, I guess, depending on the situation. You know, right? Depending uh, on yeah, depending on who you're talking to. Depending on who I'm talking to, but um, I think like I think business development overall it describes what my role in, in terms of sales and customer management, customer retention, you know, business development, I think is a, a good descriptor. Perfect. That works for me. Well, what's happened since we've talked to you last, Ryan, as we've gone out there, obviously we've got lots of different uh, vendors and contractors and experts in their various fields of knowledge. And most of them related to, you know, getting what everyone wants to know, which is getting more eyeballs on their website. Mm -hmm. But uh, being as how you're on the front lines and you deal with, hundreds, if not thousands of websites on an ongoing basis. I thought it would be nice to bring you on and talk about the hottest topic affecting the internet for the last, well, year at least, which is AI. And I heard that you just gave a little presentation on AI. I did. Yes. Um, I go to uh, uh, business networking meetings once a week and it was my, my turn to go up and speak about a, a subject um, that is is relative to my business and and that could be helpful to other business owners so gave a little uh, a talk about these fantastic ai tools that are really kind of taking the internet by storm uh these days and um yeah it's it's a really fascinating subject um like sean as you know like with me anything that's on the the kind of cutting edge of technology i'm always uh really fascinated by it i'm fixated and um, there's a lot of these AI tools that are coming out, um, these days that are, that are helping small businesses that are, that are really just helping us, you know, as a, as a society as well. Um, I think one way that I can describe, you know, the, the big, the big name out there, you know, that everybody has heard of likely is chat GPT, of course, yeah. um, which actually only launched less than a year ago, believe it or not. I, I thought it was around a little longer, but it was just November of last year when it when it launched publicly. I mean, it's been in development longer than that, of course, but it launched in November of last year, so less than a year. And man, is is this tool just such a such an interesting perspective on on uh, not an interesting perspective excuse me it's more of an in, a really interesting development in how we research and how we uh, learn about subjects that we're interested in you know Sean you and I are both old enough to remember the days of going to your local library to research yep. research a subject right you know like you had to 
at, you know, at my age at that time, I had to hop on the bike, <laughs> you know, go to go down to the the local library, flip through the, you know, the the index cards using Dewey Decimal System, right, and pull up books on different subjects and and research that way. And uh, a way I like to describe it is the jump from that going to the local library and picking up these books to using Google as a research tool and getting Google to, to spit out 10 website results on a page that's relative to your query was a massive leap forward in just how quickly you could research a top a topic and um, and also the different perspectives you could get because you weren't limited just by what that library had in stock at that time. But now to me, I think ChatGPT and AI tools like it is really the next step in our technology evolution, right? Where instead of you getting a Google result of 10, you know, websites and different articles and blog posts to do research on, you could actually ask an AI chatbot about a subject and it it'll essentially boil down all that millions of pages on the web and give you a cohesive kind of conversational response, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, just in time too for when Google was starting to get less and less useful. So I'm happy about that. Right. Um, I'm glad that you made the that logical connection, Ryan, between all those things because I have something to add to your library analogy too in a second. But <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought up uh, Google right before you brought up ChatGPT because uh, unfortunately a lot of people are – I mean, not a lot of people, but some people are misinterpreting AI as being this magic robot that solves all your problems. But really, when we talk about it behind the scenes, we just see it as a much more efficient search engine. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it may change from here on out. But if the listeners can at least think of it from that point of view, moving forward, that'll, that'll help them uh, have context to this discussion. But what I was going to say about your... Um, your library analogy, what I liked is when I used to go to the library, if you were observant and you went there enough, which I went there all the time, um, you found out that there was a special hidden section of, of other books, sometimes magazines and stuff like that. And you were only allowed to access those if you sweet talked the librarian and had a good reputation at the library. So I'm thinking of that as, uh, at least in our school library, like you couldn't get Rolling Stone magazine, which I was into at the time because I wanted to get into films and they had big, long interviews with filmmakers, but you weren't mm -hmm. allowed to just walk into the library and get those. The library and had to let you in the back. It, it didn't even, I don't even think they were in the index cards. So I would tie that to the modern ChatGPT's prompts. You have to know what prompts to put in to get to the good stuff. You can't just say, give me the answer to A. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I'd agree with that. And you're, you're right in exercising a little bit of caution to the listener, right? About, you know, it, yes, ChatGPT is magical in a lot of different ways, but it's not going to take over all the writer's positions in, uh, you know, uh, in, in media. It's not going to, you know, if you've ever used ChatGPT in uh, an even testing it yourself, you can tell that it's, it's, you can tell that it's a computer writing it, you know, it's not, it hasn't, <laughs> these, these beings aren't sentient yet on the other side, right? It is yeah, just, yeah. 
it is just regurgitate and it, it does a very good job, mind you, but it really is regurgitating the information that it that it has in its database and it uses an algorithm to make it sound like you're talking to you or that you're asking a human a question and it's giving you a human response which yeah. it it's in its ability to do that is very impressive and one thing i really love about chatgpt is the conversational element of it the fact that it remembers what you asked it previously in that session so you don't have to phrase each question like you would a google search you know, where you have to include everything, you know, your first question could ask, you know, how does the internet work? And then, you know, ChatGPT will give you this long answer that's pretty complex. And then you could just respond with, can you explain that like I'm five years old? Yeah. And and ChatGPT will come back with a different explanation. You could ask it to like be concise and use less words. One, one thing I found pretty just comical messing around with it is you could ask it for fun facts about places or things and do so in seven words. No, 11 words. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so that's another answer. important distinction to make is that <clears throat> it's not AI in the sense of an Android or whatever, but uh, they... The, the inventors and the people in the know call it a, a language modeler, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that's an interesting thing for people to pay attention to because it's not really an idea generator, although it can be used in the process of generating ideas, I've found anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you think of it as a language model or a language simulator, <clears throat> then... So for here, I'll give a really concrete example to the listener of how I'm a writer. I'm not in any fear whatsoever of, of uh, chat GPT taking my job away. In fact, I, it's just a tool. It's another tool. Like in no yep. more than I was in, in fear of the laptop or a pencil taking my job away. Um, but one thing that it's extremely helpful in is when I give it all the ideas I want and I piece together a first draft, sometimes just to give myself a break... I'll just say to it, here's my paragraph. I want you to rewrite this using no words over two syllables and roughly at a grade five level. And uh, I'm not entirely, I'm not 100% happy with the finished result, but what it does is, let's, let's say Ryan, I had like six sentences and two of them were solid, I'm not gonna change those. And four of them were pretty clunky, mainly because I couldn't think of, of clearer or simpler ways to describe what I was talking about, right? So right. if I gave ChatGPT that prompt that I just said, uh, it'll come back with at, at least three of the four sentences will be pretty much cleared up. Now, again, I didn't ask it for ideas. I gave it all the meat, but I just mm -hmm. had it do almost like an intern's job or an editor's job for me. Uh, and, and it, you know, I could have sat down and done that, looked through my thesaurus and had to think about it. And what it did is it just saved me half an hour, maybe, maybe right one prompt, one minute prompt saves me half an hour of work. And that's a glimpse. I don't know how you guys have been using it on the ground, but that's a glimpse at how we've been using it in my, uh, you know, my marketing agency just to make mm -hmm. things more efficient. Exactly right. It helps you get to that finish line faster. Like most tools in our tool belts do. They help us do a job and help us get to that finish line a little bit quicker. And Especially in your, you know, I do much less writing on my day to day than you do, Sean, but you know, there's the old term of writer's block. And I think this is a, a, a tool that can really help break down that writer's block because instead of having to rely on, you know, taking a break and coming back or bouncing your, your work off of, uh, 
a friend or a contact or your partner or whoever, you could actually like bounce ideas off of chat GPT and it can write things in a different way, come back in a different perspective. And like you said, just help save that time that you would have got there eventually, but you know, this, this tool can help you get there a little bit quicker and write things in a different way in, and likely in ways that you wouldn't have wrote it because it's a computer. Um, and, and sometimes that's better and it'll give you a, Oh, you know, I never thought about writing it that way. I'm going to keep that. Or, yeah, this is a little too clunky or a little too, um, generated. Let's, you know, give this a little bit of life and then you can, yeah, it's, it's, it's an excellent tool for that. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here. These are all, all these AI tools are just exactly that they're tools that help us complete a task or complete a job. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, so then I, I did want to hit you up for the sort of the main takeaways from your recent presentation. But before I do yeah. that, I wanted to ask, because again, you're talking to people on a daily basis, mm -hmm. uh, two part, two part question here, I guess, is what are some of the most common recurring questions you're getting about AI right now? And again, from the perspective of a small business owner, right? How can I use this? Yep. Or what is, what is it? I guess I mean, you tell me what the questions are. And then the second part to my question is, um, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions that people have at this point? Mm. Great questions. So the most common questions I have, and these are just, we're just getting, you know, I, I don't have conversations every day about AI with, with small business owners, but the, it is starting to ramp up and more and more people are getting familiar with it, you know, uh, testing it themselves, hearing about it in the media and kind of in the, you know, in the, in the world. Um, and so the questions and, and conversations that I have had with business owners is how can I leverage this tool in my, in my day-to-day -day business? And, you know, I had um, a conversation with somebody in my my networking group about them using this as a tool to help them reply to emails because they weren't confident in their uh, business writing abilities. And they use ChatGPT as a way to essentially generate some templates that they could use to respond to um, different questions that they would get asked often about the pricing structure of their business or um, where, where's the value in their service kind of thing. Um, they were racking their brains on ways to respond and, you know, going through draft and draft and draft. And this one business owner was able to um, compile these templates for emails using chat GPT as kind of a backbone to write things in a professional manner. That That's what's cool about, one of the things that's cool about chat GPT is you can, as you mentioned, Sean, you can tell it to write in a, in a really simple way or more complex theoretical, you know, um, uh, complex way. So, so that, that was one conversation that, that comes to mind. Um, and the other thing that I think should definitely be mentioned in how this tool can be used in the small business world is to, to start writing. So one a subject always comes up, you know, when we're talking about websites is ranking on the search engines. What can I do to better uh, improve my rank on Google? And one of those things is if you have an, a section of your website that you update with original content, like a blog or a news section, that's one way to help improve your position. And this is something that many small business owners are very afraid of because it's 
it's hard work. Sean, you can, you know, write it, writing is hard work. Um, and we, we don't all have the gift to write. Right. I have to pretend it's hard work because that's how I get paid, but actually it's the easiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to you, that's, to you, Sean, you, yeah, you, yeah, you no, have totally. it. You Just got, you prompting the AI, prompting the AI to tell me what to write takes me longer than writing. But yeah, I get it. I, I, from the perspective of other people, yes, for sure. But people, yeah, that don't do it on a regular basis. I think this tool can be used in, in amazing ways to help give them a starting point. You know, they want to write an article, you know, they're a, let's say a duct cleaning business, you know, and they want to write a blog article about duct cleaning and how, how it can help you save money in the long term in terms of, you know, the replacement of your furnace, you know, and they don't know how to write that. Well, they could go to ChatGPT and give it some prompts about what they're trying to write. And ChatGPT will give them some, some body, some meat to chew on. And again, like me and you said, most of the time you can't just verbatim copy and paste that info. It's, it's usually pretty, what's, what's the word you would use for it, Sean? Like the, the responses that you get are, are, they're not clunky. They're, they're, they're generated, right? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I mean, it depends on how you prompt it, right? Like some people get fancy and they'll say, uh, you know, for fun, I experimented with uploading paragraphs from my favorite authors and said, okay, here's a paragraph from Hemingway. Here's a description of an emergency plumbing service. I want you to rewrite the description in the style of Hemingway. Now, Ooh. it's it's interesting there because now you're playing with tone and things like that. Being a language model, it actually picks, especially if you give it examples, it yeah. picks that stuff up remarkably better than I thought it would. However, um, interesting. I haven't it, tried that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll but it it'll overplay it like a a bad ham actor. And this is obviously <laughs> a really extreme version of what you're saying, right? But, sure. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm trying to think of the words while I'm talking, and maybe we'll come up with a description together. Uh, I mean, it's an it's an amalgamated language, and the language is, for lack of a better word, in your in your example, Ryan, the language is meant to be as inoffensive and without personality as possible. And yes. if anyone knows anything about writing, um, I'm sorry to say this as a writer, but uh, no one cares about the information you're saying. And mostly people don't listen to it. It's more about personality. They want to listen to a personality and, or a figure, right? And, and how you say it and how you deliver it and what's your yeah, ex potential exactly. bias to it, right? Yeah, all those things. So so it does lack that. And then you can bridge that gap by doing, you know, such an extreme example as what I just said. But then you're going to get a parody version of like, okay, so let's say you said, um, I, here's an example of like a Raymond Chandler hard-boiled detective novel from the 40s and 50s. I want you to write my thing like this. And then it might pump you out something like, this plumbing service is good. See, you got to get down here, cool cat. And it'll, it'll go <laughs> so overboard. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's instances, especially in social media, where that could be really fun. Right. But um, um, that's, those are the two poles between which you're trying to use ChatGPT as a tool to work for you, right? That, those are the right. poles. It's like, it's like completely without personality or uh, a, a, cr exaggerated. A, a cruel, exaggerated imitation of it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So pick, so pick which side, like you and I have found, Ryan, I'm sure you'll back this up, is anytime we got log jammed on a website and someone just didn't, we would ask them, you know, what do you want to see next? Uh, how, how do you want this to change? Whatever. Sometimes people would say, 
I, I don't know. I like, I just, I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. There's so many choices. And so what we found out as a trick in the olden days is sometimes we, we would do a not great design or a not great suggestion for page content that we knew was wrong. Because if someone, you can get someone started or you can get your brain running by getting them to say no, yes. oddly enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think with ChatGPT, if you can take one of the two examples that that Hugh and I are giving them right now, pick which extreme uh, the direction you want to go in, and then just say no to it. Like, oh, okay, this gets me eighty percent of the way there, but no, that word is not the right word for my customers because I know them. Or no, that style is a little too hokey. We got to back that off a bit. Um, yep. And then maybe that'll get you, that should get most people out of their writer's block because writer's block is really just a function of, of not starting. Um, mm -hmm. So in the writer's world, what we do is we capitalize our titles and we put in commas, we put in punctuations, we put in lines, anything. If you just start writing anything on a piece of paper, within about five minutes, your brain will turn on. So that's the kind of, this is the kind of the chat GPT version of overcoming writer's block. Love that input. And yeah, that's one of the things that's fascinating about ChatGPT too, is its ability to understand like common phrases, grammar, sentence structure. Um, it's pretty fascinating when you start to play around with that. Um, I haven't done any of the um, feeding, feeding it a style of language and asking it to like replicate a, you know, your question in that style. That's really fascinating. I'm going to play around with that um, yeah. Yeah. myself. But um, yeah, this is, I think in, in essence, you know, ChatGPT is, I believe it's really the next phase, the next big step in our kind of computer evolution of, of you know, like I said, li going to the library to learn about things, asking Google to learn about things, you know, asking a, a, an AI chatbot like ChatGPT, I think is going to be the next step. Um the, the one tool that I want to get my hands on that I haven't played around with yet is Google's Bard, which they haven't launched yet in Canada. Um, so I haven't actually played around with that one, but I'm curious to see what, uh, you know, how Google's version compares to the, um, the chat GPT version. Yeah, that'll be cool to see. Canada, always the technological bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Never the bride, always the bridesmaid. <laughs> um, so yeah, so big, big takeaways. That let's yeah, let's try to st stick then to the Chat GPT that people can use and access right now. So big yep. takeaways from your presentation. What would you kind of want people to go away knowing and want, and then looking to try next? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think small business owners. Uh, the biggest takeaway because when I gave this presentation, there's about 20 people in the room, and about half had. Uh, about three quarters had heard of ChatGPT and about maybe a third had used ChatGPT. So the biggest takeaway I was, uh, uh, I was trying to push is, Hey, like try the tool out because it's a pretty powerful tool and there's lots being said about it in, in the world right now, but try it out for yourself. It's, it's pretty interesting. You can get it to do cool things. You can ask it to tell you a joke. You can um, get it to respond in different languages. Try it because you don't, you know, a tool, you don't get better at using a tool without practicing with it. So that was one of the biggest takeaways is just get on it and try it, but also try it with a bit of caution. You know, this tool is still fairly new. Um, it still has a lot of human oversight on it because it needs it because it's being fed with information from the internet. And as we all know, there's lots mm -hmm. of 
you know, not, not, not everything on the internet uh, is truth. Um, so I definitely recommend exercising caution, especially if you're asking chat GPT things about health or finances and things like that, because it's really just feeding information from its database of the internet. But a, a, the final takeaway with, with chat GPT is, you know, I'm a big believer that businesses must evolve or die. And this is another turning point in our technology evolution. Um, you know, the a real world example of where this kind of chat generator is being used right now, more for bigger businesses, but I'm seeing some more and more smaller businesses get on board with this, is utilizing that chat bot at, on their website as like a live chat function. Um, and most people have probably seen this on you know, some of the bigger corporations out there, most of them have this where essentially the chat box acts as a little receptionist on the website that says, Hey, do you need help? Like ask me a yeah. question. Yeah. Um, and, but this is something that more and more small businesses are leaning into because, um, you know, having that live chat functionality, there's, there is use for it. People use it. That's the reason why it's there. Um, just, you know, I use the example often, like back in the day, back even 10 years ago, people used to complain about having a contact form on their website because they thought nobody did it. Nobody fills those out. I don't fill them out. Nobody else does, but they were wrong. Like more and more people prefer to be, you know, less contact. Like I'm just going to fill this thing out and, and, um, you know, let them get back to me. You'd be surprised at how many leads are generated every day just by having a contact form on a website. So yeah, the trick is getting back to them. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's a hundred percent. They got to get back to them. Yeah. And same gotta thing with follow the, up. Yeah. And with the chatbot, same deal. Like, um, don't just turn it on and let it go loose. Like Ryan said, you have no. to test, test these tools a little bit because when you get a, a user on your website, that is a precious thing and it's hard to get. Uh, yep. and so if you're going to use the tool, you better make sure that you're have a, have a little consideration that your audience has a specific way of talking and speaking that only you know because you live and breathe it every day. And yep. no advice, you know, Ryan can't tell you, I can't tell you. And yet we're the supposed experts helping small businesses. Well, the truth of the matter is, is you guys know best how your mm -hmm. customers speak and what questions they have. So you have to assume some responsibility when using a tool like this, that if you're going to put in the least amount of effort, the tool's going to end up making you look low effort. Yes. If you're going to put in a little bit of thought, you can tweak it just 2%, 5% uh, uh, customization. And then all of a sudden you've got something that, uh, well, like you said, Ryan, saves, saves the business owner time, but also doesn't turn off the user. Mm -hmm. And you hit the nail on the head, Sean, by saying your, uh, your website visitors are precious and you don't want to turn them off. So yeah, you don't want to rush into just, oh, AI chatbot's going to make everybody, my life easier. They're going to answer all the questions of my clients and bring me sales through my website. Let's just sign up for the first one, first result on Google and throw it on the website. I wouldn't recommend doing that because yes, you want to test the experience. There's lots of different uh, AI chatbot providers out there and varying levels of, uh, of quality. Um, but if you have, you know, 24 hour um, a 24 hour business where people are on your website all the time and you need that fast responsive, um, connection with them using a tool like this could be, uh, could be helpful for sure.
Oh, I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to to wrap the topic up, I was hoping to give people a couple of use cases and maybe even some words of caution because we both are in agreement. This is an important tool to be used. If you don't use it, you're going to get left behind and all those kind of things. But so what does that really mean? I'll give people an example uh, of a brick wall that I hit actually, where I found out that I had a misconception about what chat GPT could do. And, uh, and again, keep in mind, there's lots, like you said, Ryan, there's lots of different AI models and simulators mm-hmm. out there. So yes. we've been talking about the main one. And what I was looking for it to do is I, as a marketer, I was looking for it to research audiences for me. And I wanted to say, okay, on YouTube for middle-aged people who live in Canada, who are interested in this topic, what are the main questions they ask on YouTube? And I thought, well, if I can get this information, this would be awesome. Well, what I learned is number one, chat GPT has to have information uh, uploaded into it. It's not a real-time learning alien entity. So it can't go to YouTube and go, oh, just yesterday, this many people did this. Like, it can't do that. I wish it could, but it can't. Um, So that's one thing. So then I started thinking, okay, if I can't get real-time data from it, I know it must have learned from somewhere, right? They must have been uploading old uh, internet, old sites, old discussion boards, old whatever into it. So uh, I started to ask it, I, I, I was doing a historical research project. And I said, okay, for these times in history on this topic, in this country, I want you to give me the top 10 uh, hurdles that were overcome by technology. Okay. So I, I gave it that question. It spit me out 10 answers. Like I said, you know, do Spain, Germany, uh, UK. So it spits out the 10 answers for Spain. And I said, okay, now that you've given me these 10 answers for Spain, I want you to go and give me at least one, but if possible, two, uh, you know, like, like footnotes, references, let me, give me, give me links to the web where I can go verify your information. So I wanted to build this web of references to ensure that the information was correct. Well, what Mm -hmm. I learned about chat GPT is it, it can't do that, but what it wants to do is make you happy. So it fakes it. So it gave me all of these websites that were real. And then it appended a blog post into the link that never existed. So it would go like spain.com slash the answer to Sean's question. <laughs> and, and I and click on it and it, the page wouldn't exist. And it did this over and over and over again until I finally decided, to, okay, I'm going to use wow. a website. I'm going to use a website I built that I've controlled from day one. And I said to it, uh, ChatGPT, tell me what page on this website would be best to learn about. And then I put in a question that has never, ever even remotely been tackled on that website. And it immediately returned me the answer. Oh, go to this page. It's, it gives you the exact answer to your question. So I learned you can't do, you can't get that that uh, those links for references using ChatGPT, which is a real, that's a real downside to research, or at least you know it tells you where it's at right now in terms of what research you can and can't do with it. But mm. one thing I'll say, just to not be so negative about it, is I found a different AI tool that actually does do a lot of that. And it is much more up to date and it can search databases pretty well. And that is called perplexity.ai. Ooh, so that one, that one. Yeah, that one's a lot better for research. If you want to find out what people on the net have said in the past, and then I would say ChatGPT is a lot more robust in terms of the language part of it. You know, help help me interpret this, help me compose a message around this, do it in this style, in this manner. That's what ChatGPT is better at. So that's that's mm-hmm. my big contribution to the topic. Really appreciate that, Sean. And I actually hadn't 
ran into anything like that before because I've never asked ChatGPT to provide sources or anything. Um, but that's really fascinating and kind of scary that it just it wants to satisfy you so much that it's going to create fake links and say, oh, yeah, here it is. It's like well, it was no, putting it's... dates in the links, even Ryan, to make them look more realistic. Well, that is, yeah, just uh, another reason why, you know, um, telling every, our listeners to exercise caution with these tools, right? That what they say isn't uh, isn't gospel and 100% uh, truth. It's fed from the internet. And that was also another interesting thing that um, um, that we touched on in my my presentation, that it's not connected, or at least ChatGPT is not connected to the live internet. It doesn't have real-time information. You can't ask it what the weather is like in, in Vancouver today. Um, it doesn't have access to that information, mainly because of the human oversight element. You know, it wants to make sure that it's providing helpful and um, unbiased answers. Um, and so, like you said, I'm I'm confident it's being batch-fed information in you know massive terabytes of uh, of data. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, the you know, in closing, it's 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 love it, hate it, or fear it. You know, AI is these these tools are here, and AI is here. And, you know, as we move forward, we can expect ChatGPT and other similar AI-powered tools to continue to shape our world in unexpected and exciting ways. Um, and my advice at this point is, you know, it's a new thing. Just, just familiarize yourself with it. Try it out. Ask it some questions. Think about how you might be able to leverage this tool on your business or help your business processes work a little faster. Um, you don't know unless you try. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just wanted to finish by giving people the actual, they might not even know the actual link to it, right? Right. So it's it's uh, openai.com is the chat GPT website, everybody. Thanks again. Pleasure to be back, Sean. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit websites.ca or email Ryan directly at ryan at websites.ca. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.